podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell and Heels Podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And I am nice and relaxed and back from vacation. You look tan. I did get a little bit of a tan. So okay. there's that. You have a and healthy it, summer glow in winter. It was great. I want the Florida summer. Or sorry, the Florida winter is what I want. Ah, okay. Yeah. Nobody I, wants I, the Florida summer. Yeah, I want a tropical winter is what I want all sounds, year round. That sounds horrible. <clears throat> Meanwhile, like it's like 30, 30 degrees. Uh, next week it's going to be five. I'm living for it. I love it. You know what? That just added another little surprise. We, while we were gone, um, and just so everyone knows, Amanda and I were like, we have for one another. So just start recording. We didn't bullshit like we typically would. No. But, <clears throat> um. First surprise that you brought up, we had like two feet of snow, probably total while we were gone. Oh, and you missed it. That's great for you. It was great. And I got a screenshot. So let me send that to you really quick. It's a screenshot from my ring doorbell. So it's not like anything too crazy. Oh, boy. But I think you'll love it. I feel (laughs) like I'm even more excited now because ring ring doorbells, man, they catch some shit. They catch some shit. It caught the snow. Oh, I bet that sounds so pretty. No, it was it's awful. We were not happy to oh. come back to it. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you get the notification and you're just like, son of a bitch? No, we actually um we had internet for a minute and mm-hmm. we we're like, we should probably check the house, just make sure like everything's fine. So I just checked ring really quick just to see like what the weather looked like. There's a good foot of snow on that truck slash van that is also a covered area because we have two giant trees right there oh boy so to me this looks fun it's not it's uh, oh this looks wonderful anyway. but it also looks fun because where i am and where i'm from this would shut the state down yeah no definitely doesn't shut anything down we're still you know doing everything but mm-hmm. it's fine it's fine Anyways, so that's surprise number one. Should I just go into all of my surprises really quick? You want to do that or do you want to do one at a time? No, you do all yours and then I'll do all mine. Because one of them's not ready, but it might be by then. Okay, hold on. That one's going to be the last one. So I just thought I would bring out all my souvenirs for you that I brought home. Okay, okay. Where do you want? Do you want me to like order of where we went? Do you want to do it by island? Do it least to best your opinion. Least to best, my opinion. Okay, well, this is obviously the best. That one's obviously the best. I feel like I know which one is. The you best know what? One I've is already the seen best. it. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> um, we stole some seashells. <laughs> stole them? I don't know if you're supposed to actually remove these from the beaches. I know with coral, you're not supposed to. I've never these, heard of that rule in my life. These were in Florida, anyways. So these are our collected seashells florida Um, don't come for her because she stole your seashells (laughs) i'm sorry florida um they were they're mine now so i don't know what you're gonna do about it um we're gonna do this picture frame nothing fun about it it's just got some dolphins that is pretty though like that is something you look at and you're like i bet that come from mexico yeah or wherever whichever one of those islands you went to uh not mexico this one was grand turk so I don't know what one. that means. Oh, okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> let's do this one next. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. Maisie, I let her sniff this full nose right in. Just of course. Right on brand. <sighs> yeah. Oh, smells um, like the ocean. Yeah. So that one is from the Republic the Dominican Republic. Okay. I've always wanted to go to the Dominican Republic. Everything that's, I see online is so gorgeous. That's where we swam with dolphins. <laughs> and stingrays? No, we didn't do that in oh. um Dominican Republic. We did swim with stingrays, yes. And I kissed a stingray. I think I already sent you that picture, right? Yes, you did. And I showed James and James did not think it was as amusing as I did. I've never seen anyone kiss a stingray. That was so cool. Literally everyone except for Cody did. <laughs> but on that island, we got this little guy. <gasps> oh, you have to. Yeah, I had to. Like, what? I love him. Yeah. What is it? What's, What's the top? Uh, it says Half Moon K Bahamas. What's on the other top? Yeah, that. What is that? Is it a whistle? It looks like a whistle. No, I think it's just like to clip it onto something. Oh. To like a stand type thing. That makes way more it could sense. Probably what I could probably do is like put it on the wall like this and then put a picture behind it. Oh, that's cute. So if that's the purpose for it, I have no idea. Am I probably going to try? Yeah. Sure. But why not? Okay. So it's yours. Done. You can do with it what you please. Yeah, exactly. Um, This one. This one is also from the Dominican Republic. Oh, that's so cool. I love the, oh crap, what is that word? Mosaic? Is that Yes, right? thank you. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's exactly. I told James I wanted to get into that once, and he's like, how the hell are you going to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks we can learn. literally go get shale. Shale? Shale, I think. It's like a, a rock from a mountain. I don't know. Off the side of the road. Like, let me mosaic things, please. Yeah, fine. Go be mosaic. Okay. And then I already know that you know my favorite. Um, Father, I'm going to just tell you to cover your ears. Because <laughs> this was a drunk purchase. Okay. <laughs> Cody and I on Half Moon. Nope. This was not Half Moon. Okay. In Grand Turk, all they did was give us alcohol. Okay. <laughs> we, we weren't in the right mind, but I still love him. Man, barrel, barrel off. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's your own version of a... Tintinabellum. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It's my own version. So it's anyway. so aggressive when you take the barrel off. <laughs> it's kind of startling. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You'll <sighs> anyways, he's he will be on display in my house. Where I, I don't know. He's gonna be front and center though. I love him. He's probably my favorite too. Although the plate is a close second. There's just uh nothing really pops out at me on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, our patrons will get a little video of what he is. You're welcome. He's okay. pretty great. And then this next one, I'm sending you a text message. It is a picture. You're going to shit yourself. Ooh, I okay. almost did. Is that an ulcerative colitis joke? Uh, no, <laughs> but it could be. <laughs> Oh my God, this, I've already seen what you got me for Christmas. This is the best thing you got me for Christmas. She, oh my God, how many birds is that? Way too fucking many. Oh my God. Okay. So first of all, this lady in the background, love her, love her attitude. She is not here for your shit. She put um, bird feed in my hand and I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm looking at a photo of Bryce right now with at least 
seven birds in her hand. And she looks like she refuses to even make eye contact with the fact that this is happening. And her mouth is wide open in what I'm guessing is a silent scream. Oh, I don't know how silent of a scream it was. It just wasn't like, (laughs) it was pretty much like, okay, get off my hand. You faced your fears. I'm so proud of you. Wait, there's one more picture. Um, I did not hold these birds because I was not spending money to hold these (laughs) birds, but I went near them. So does that, does that count for anything? You held a bird, so that counts for a lot. I held well over one bird, okay? <laughs> As I was shaking, like, oh my god, hold your hand still. <gasps> Period. Are those macaws? But yeah, they're macaws. I don't know why I know that. But they're gorgeous. Hell no. And they're huge. And I like how you strategically placed Cody in between <laughs> you and them. Oh, uh, no, there was on the other side of me, there were more. There were like 10 macaws in that cage. You look like you're trying not to run because you also just recognize a good photo when you see it. But you uh-huh. just look like you're not 100% into this right now. I was not 100% into that at <laughs> all. Nope. I did not realize that Ocean World had birds. I feel like, well, like what about seagulls and pelicans and stuff? There, those were the only two types of birds I saw, and the, those were we were done. Uh, after all of that, I was like, "Get me the hell out of this cage! I'm stuck with all these birds." <laughs> so, never would have pegged you uh, for an aviary girl, aviary gal. You know, I was done. I, those, I'm retiring. Those days, we're done with those. You're done. Yeah. You're done. Not happening anymore. But. Anyways, that's your surprise. I hope that's the best Christmas present you could ever get. Oh, I'm 100% going to frame the one of you with the birds. (laughs) I'm going to frame it and I'm going to put it on my wall and people are going to be like, who the hell is that? And I'm going to be like, that is bird girl Bryce. She's wonderful. She hates birds. She hates birds. And look at her hold all those birds. Yes. Look at her. In 20 years, I'm going to send you that. And I'm going to be like, you remember that time you faced your fears? And I'm going to say, yeah, I've been trying to block it out for the last 20 years. <laughs> Which is what? why I mailed you this picture. Oh, bye. here's my wisdom tooth. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to oh. be like, please take all of them back. Return to sender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how quick I'll be returning to sender. Return to <laughs> So. Okay. Oh, wonderful. So those so, are my surprises. Do you have any? Anything else? Do you want me to talk about vacation? Yes, do that and then I'll give my surprises. So vacation was so good. Uh, So warm, right? I know we've talked about it, but (laughs) we we swam with stingrays. That was a fear I didn't know I had. Really? I didn't know I had a fear of stingrays nibbling on my toes. Okay, when you put it like that, yeah, it was a little They, I mean, they had us wear like um, shoes water shoes which was fine but the mm-hmm. reason was because they're like they like to nibble on toes and i went hmm. do Didn't they know have that fear do they provide you with shoes or yeah. can you bring your own shoes either so it's, you can do both i feel like it would be weird to wear a shoe without socks that someone else has worn before like like the bowling alley but no mm-hmm. no socks so we watched them wash them so they were cleaned they were disinfected okay. Um, and we only had them on our feet for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So 
it's fine. But I didn't know. So it's not like on the excursion information they had that as a requirement. So I didn't know. Had I known, I would have just brought my own. But I never knew that stingrays uh, had a toe fetish. That's new to me. It was news to us. Uh, at least the female ones do. I assume the male ones do. But we only swam with the females. Um, because no barb? No, they have the barb. They're just not killers? They're, they're not as aggressive as the males. Mm, okay. So, How big were they? There were multiple, so they all varied. But there was one that was like... I oh almost... Boy. One of them attacked me. And Cody just stood there and laughed. So they tell us to get in a circle. Like, everyone uh-huh. get in a circle, squeeze in, and we're basically shoulder to shoulder. And they're having us feed so, them, right? What do they eat? Squid, I think, is what we fed, fed them. Oh, cool. Okay. So anyways, we're we're feeding them. And I've got food in my hand. Cody just fed his. He had churned. I freaking was about to feed the, the one that was in the circle. And all of a sudden, I just feel bloop, 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 over my shoulder. One of them, like, kind of came out of the water and up on my back. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh god it was, it was like 10 seconds long that this happened it was and i'm feeding one like oh my god there's one behind me attacking me for the food and this one's getting all the food <laughs> i imagine that would be the weirdest feeling we had life jackets on so it's not like i felt it all up on my back but it was not my favorite experience <laughs> Because I was like, what just happened? I don't even know. Anyways, so there was that. Um, Yeah, and then we... Let me just tell you about this excursion on Grand Turk the next day. Okay. You're going to love the drunk one? Yes. Perfect. Let's go. So, giant catamaran, right? Uh Giant. We get on. They take us to a spot to go snorkeling. I did bring my own snorkeling gear, but if you do excursions where they're snorkeling, they also give you the option where they give you the snorkeling gear. And I couldn't do that mentally. I couldn't have something in my mouth that someone else had in their mouth. Makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, we snorkel around. We did some sober snorkeling, but we get back on the catamaran. And you got to remember, this is like, there was one kid that I saw on this boat, right? One. This poor kid. I imagine everyone is wasted and this kid's just over here like. (laughs) Right. Well, so they start after snorkeling. They're like, all right, bar's open. We only have rum. And we're like, guess we're drinking rum. Yeah, that's fine. And they start giving us like rum and punch. And that's basically like the easiest thing that they were serving. Right. Okay. And it was literally if they saw your cup empty, they poured. Oh, we can be friends. And so they take us to a private, private beach, um, and we all get off, and we're all just hanging out in the water. They're still walking up and down, just pouring, pouring drinks, getting us all uh, drunk. Uh huh. I Cody and I got so drunk. You don't even have to be twenty one for this, right? Um, technically, you have to be twenty one. There was a point where we were like, I don't even know where this rum and punch came from, but my cup is full. I'm drinking, right? I love it. And so we get back on the boat because they're like, it's time to go. They've got a DJ. We're all dancing. We're drunk dancing, blah, blah, blah. And it is just, it's a party. Like I can't, it was definitely their catamaran was named the party girl. And it was definitely a party. Oh, I love it. So that was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, We got back on the boat just fine, obviously. Um, But that was when I also made my drunk purchase. Because why not? We were on our way back to the boat at that point. They, yeah, there was that. 
Um, and then the third island was the Dominican Republic, uh, Amber Cove. And that is where we swam with dolphins. So that was fun. I'm really glad that you did not get attacked by a dolphin. No, not this time. But I got attacked by a stingray, but not the dolphin. I would I feel uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna say I'd rather a stingray than a dolphin, but then mm. uh the Irwins. So Steve Irwin, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. But uh point being is I survived. We had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. And then we had to pick up the dogs. And thankfully, my mother-in-law was kind enough to drop the dogs off at our house for us yesterday. She's She's got a key, all that fun stuff. Oh, cool. So they were there when you got home? Yep. So the big dogs were there when we got home. But my parents had Maisie. This is your final surprise that I almost mm-hmm. forgot about. Um, <laughs> Maisie was not thrilled to see us. Uh? She was pissed off. Why? So we pick her up. Because my parents' house, she doesn't get the same type of attention. When Cody and I were talking about it, we are like, she has so many avenues to get attention at our house. She's got the big dogs, me and Cody. She's got the cats. She'll go entertain herself. But, like, she's got all these different avenues. Whereas at my mom's house, when my mom's there, the, I mean, she's got two kids that she's watching. She's watching my nephews. So she can't just love on Maisie or anything like that. She's busy. So <clears throat> Maisie then, was perpetually in timeout. Yeah, she didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. but. I guess she got in trouble at my parents' house, had an accident in the house. I don't, I don't know. So she was getting just like thrown outside more often and she was not having it. So we (laughs) picked her up and she was like, I want nothing to do with you. She was fine with Cody. That was the funny part. She was loving on Cody, all fine with him. Me, nothing. She wouldn't even That's because this was your idea. That's because she likes me more than Cody and I'm clearly the one that left her. So she was not thrilled. She wouldn't look at us, but we got home and she kind of was like, all right, the big dogs are here. And then I bribed her with some treats and she snuggled me all night. So we're good. She's over it. Anyways. So that's the last little story I have for you. That was vacation. I didn't want to leave, but back to reality. Sorry. You had to come back. It's (laughs) fine. It's fine. Okay. I'm ready for your surprises. Okay, so the first one is, eh, well, one of them is within my story. So we'll get to that. If you haven't already figured it out what it is, trust me, you will. The other one uh, is a story from work. And so I've been working there for about two months now. And I caught on quick. Everything's cool, going well, whatever. I like it. I like the customers. Um, do you remember when I told you what <laughs> one of my irrational like fears was? Maybe not irrational fear, but it makes me uncomfortable. I know you've told me of some, but I don't necessarily remember them all. Good, 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 good. So <clears throat> we have a coin machine at work. Customers, non-customers, they can come in, bring us these big things to change. Some people, you know, Ziploc bags. Some people get really into it and bring us like huge buckets. All right. And we use the machines and we count their money and we change it out for them. So I am perpetually on the drive-thru, which I like. It's always busy, super busy. I love that. So one week, 
Um, customer brings in a bag and she wants to change it out for money. Cool. Okay. Give me just a minute. I'll be right back. So I go to almost the other side of the bank. I dump these, this coin bag in the, in the machine. It's like a Ziploc bag. And before we physically put it inside the machine, we have to sort it out, make sure there's no trash or foreign currencies, stuff like that. So I'm doing that. And I pull out six fingernails. Whole, whole pink fingernails. <laughs> you have to mauve. face your fear. They were like a mauve. It was horrible. I had to physically pry one off of a quarter. It was horrible. Okay. We're both facing fears in the last month. Oh, I'm not done. Oh, okay. The same week. I think it was like two days later. Doing it again. Um, guy drops off. Uh, I think it was like a, a another bag. I dump the bag in there, and I'm sorting it through. And I hear like a click, 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 click through the machine. So I have to take it apart and go inside. And I pull out what was making that weird noise. It was a tooth. It was, <laughs> it was a child's tooth. And at that point, I was like, "Is this worth it? This is. I work at a bank." Ma'am, why am I dealing with human anatomy in a in a roll of quarters? What is happening? It was just meant to be. I go back and I, I ask the guy because, <laughs> like, I'm a mom. Okay, I I'm like, okay, well, uh, this was in with your change. Do you want it? The guy looks at me like I have six heads, six heads and eight arms, and he's like, I don't want that. And I was like. Oh, well, I, you know, sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm a mom. I thought maybe you would want it for like sentimental reasons. Maybe, you know, it's your kid's tooth. And he's like, I don't have kids. Whose tooth is it? He said it wasn't his. Sir, whose tooth is in my hand? Sir, I'm sorry. I got loud. I'm still uncomfortable. I wasn't holding it with like my bare hands. We keep alcohol wipes next to the machine to clean it. Whose tooth did I just dig out of this machine for like $17? Please tell me. Because I don't even make what? that much an hour. I'm so uncomfortable. So he drives off and I look at the girl behind me and I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. And I don't know when I'll be back. And I washed the shit out of my hands. I was so uncomfortable. This is in one week. I oh haven't even God. been there two months. I haven't even had like that, uh, that evaluation yet. The, like the 90 day evaluation. Yeah, that. I haven't even had 90 days. And you're finding teeth and nails, little pink oh! I'm so... What? I, don't... I did not deal with this many body parts when I was in animal control. I don't know how to help you there, but I love it. I love that you're facing all your new fears. What? You're... This was not the point of this, this week. <laughs> We're both facing fears. Well, you know what? <laughs> I face two, you face two. We're good. That's I mean, what so... of actually, no, both of mine were unintentional and both of yours were unintentional. It's the platonic soulmate thing. I've got goosebumps right now just thinking of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's funny, but also horrifying. The nails were bad enough, and then the tooth, like two days later, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And You're I like, asked someone co-worker. else has to do the change machine. Yeah, like, I don't care if it's my customer or someone else's. Someone else has got to take this next one. 
Um, I did ask my coworker what the weirdest thing she ever pulled out of the coin machine was. Uh, she had a good one. Bullets. Live bullets. Unfired. Oh. Wait, I thought you were supposed to, like, pull out any trash and stuff like that. Yeah, but if it's, like, a lot of coins, like, a whole, whole lot. Because we have people that bring in, like, five-gallon buckets. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we have to push it into the machine as we sort. So sometimes it just goes in there. And, like, the machine, it has its own little thing where only the quarters go in the quarters and that kind of fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can't help it in this situation. Uh, that's just dangerous. Y'all's coin jars are out of control. Okay. My God, <laughs> can't even imagine. Wow. I no, no thanks. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you have new stories for me. I can't wait for the next weird thing in the coin machine. Oh God, why would you do that? To me? <laughs> uh, so let's get that out of my mind. Your next surprise, um, I believe, is at your door. Oh, yeah, it literally is at my door right now. <laughs> Let me go grab it. Hold on. I swear to God, if this is a tooth, I'm going to lose my shit. No, 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 no. It's no teeth. Um, you might lose your shit still, though. Am I opening it? Oh, hell yeah. Open it now. This is your Christmas. I've been okay. tracking it since we got on the podcast. So that's how I knew it was there. Let <laughs> me see. <laughs> I am holding in my hand the <laughs> only mug I will ever use from now on. And for anyone wondering, it has got a sexy character on here. <laughs> He's wonderful. And it is Sasquatch. Emphasis on sass. <laughs> He's got a hand on his hip. He is sassing it up. I love him. When I saw this, I was like, I'm done. That's it. This is right. Period. The end. <laughs> Listen, Amanda already got her present. You wrapped it, though, didn't you? Yeah. You didn't need to. I really didn't care. Uh, uh, Amanda already got her present from me. And it is hilarious that we somehow managed to get each other cryptid-related items because I sent her a book that I don't even remember what it was called. Do you remember? cryptid corner or something like that let me pull it up yeah something like that i know it's like a comic book but with cryptids and it's got i had to stop reading it because i was like this is a christmas gift have some self-control i wouldn't have cared you could have done it it wouldn't <laughs> have i it's fine so not only have i gotten this guy this mug i also while i was gone received a um Krampus greeting card as well um <laughs> So I'm definitely getting all the cryptid things. And this, I know we haven't covered Sasquatch, but I'm not, I'm not wrapping it. It's going straight to get washed and I will be using it immediately. That's perfect. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, as long as you know, like I have no self-control. I have less self-control than you. And the book was Cryptid Club. So I purchased this Cryptid Club. Listen, guys, all I saw was Cryptid Club, and I was like, what the hell is this? And Wonderful. I on one of the images that, like, previews the book, and all I saw was the Fresno Nightcrawlers. And the comic with it, had to. I had to. And Amanda Bryce, knows exactly what comic. I was just about to say, Bryce told me, she's like, I saw this one, and I knew it was it. And I literally took a picture of it and sent it to her. I was like, wasn't mm -hmm. this one? It absolutely was. It absolutely was. So anyone that's interested, it's called Cryptid Club by Sarah Anderson. So. And it is really great, too. It's just precious. It's a bunch of little cryptid comic books. You've got 
Slenderman in there. You've got Fresno Nightcrawlers. You've got Sasquatch. It's wonderful. You've got Flatworth Monster. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about the ones. I think you've got Aliens. Like it's got everything that you could ever dream of. It had so Mothman in there. I haven't got to him yet. Oh, like, I have, okay. I didn't even read an order. I was just flipping through, and I had mm-hmm. to. I had to stop myself. Yeah, it had everything, so I had to get it. Okay, well that worked out really well. Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> That one like popped up. I struggled with what to get y'all. I saw that and I was like, done, done, done. And then you said Cody's will be here tomorrow, tomorrow, something like that. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Sometimes this week. So. Okay. Anything else? I think we're good. I mean, we've been talking for like 45 minutes. I know. I'm (laughs) going to have a lot of, we've had some interruptions though. So yeah. Uh, before we get on, so we did vacation talk, but before we get on to um, not vacation talk, <laughs> let's talk about our listeners. Yeah. Specifically our listeners in Ohio. Ohio. Yo, Ohio. Hi. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we're going to be completely upfront and say uh, we almost forgot to call you guys out. Yeah. So, we talked about it and then we didn't talk about it. But we're talking about it again now. Yeah. So don't we, worry about it. We forgot and then we remembered because you're important to us. You're very important to us. So please, please, please don't forget that. I don't know why I'm saying please. Uh, don't forget it. You're important to us. We're calling you out. <laughs> but thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate your guys' support. We also want to shout out that we've got our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Discord. Um, those are all up and going. Hell on Heels pod for Twitter. Everything else is Hell on Heels podcast. That goes for Facebook as well. We do post pictures on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We post pictures there. We should probably post pictures on Discord now that I'm thinking about it. We'll post links on Discord. How's that sound? Um, But those are all up and going. So if you want to join all of those links or follow, uh, those links are all on our link tree as well, which you can find by going to Hell on Heel link tree and then searching Hell on Heels podcast. Also, we've got our Patreon up and going. Amanda's working on getting a very special episode out, a two-part episode for our patrons of a very hectic goose game. Oh, my God. Uh, it was fun. It, it was, was very a, fun. We didn't expect to finish the game, but we finished. Yeah, we played for a long time. I think it was like three or four hours. It, it was. And neither of us complained. We just kept going. We just kept Goosing, goosing it. Yeah. <laughs> so Amanda's working on that special. We are also working on a very special um, episode that's just taking us a little extra time oh, to get well, in because there. you did. Uh, because we got sick. So please stop judging us. We got sick. Okay. We and then I went on vacation and I fucked it up for everyone. I'm sorry. Okay. And I'm about to go on vacation and then she's going on vacation. It's the holidays. Okay. Give us a break. We will be better. Our 2023 resolution is to just be better. Hey, you speak for yourself. <laughs> that sounds like more than I can chew. I didn't say better at what? I just said just be better. It still sounds like a lot of pressure. It could literally just be better at finding fingernails in the coin sorter. How, literally? How dare you? <laughs> I had put that out of my memory. Thank you for waiting until I was done eating to remind me of that tragic, tragic event. You're welcome. But we do want to just shout out all of that information. And then is there anything else? Something I'm missing? Oh, if you guys want to email us with suggestions 
of stories. Not that we don't have plenty, because my god, our spreadsheet is a fucking nightmare right now. It's massive. Um, you can also but, just say hello or that you yeah. appreciate it. We like praise. Yeah, that's how we get yeah. our egos bigger. My dad doesn't build up our egos. My dad tears yeah. them down. So we need someone to build them up mm-hmm. aside from each other, even though we do a pretty good job for one another anyways. You but, can also email us complaints and we we could probably make a Patreon or something of that. Just talking shit about you. Ooh, that'd be fun. Maybe yeah, we'll do right? it on Discord yeah. or Patreon. We'll do something fun. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Send us your complaints and uh, praises. Or email us, hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. But there's all of that. All right. Now on to my story. I'm excited. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I think you're going to really like what I have for you today. You ready? Okay. Yeah, I guess. I don't like your face. I mean, not, uh, not how it looked when you said that. Your face is wonderful. I will change it. Okay, sorry. So I know that you just did a two-part story. Uh-huh. But I'm going to do a two-part story now. Okay. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a crazy story. It's, it's my official my first official two-parter, so I'm excited. Um, <clears throat> also, just for anyone listening, I gave Amanda ample time and warning that this would be a two-part story. So she's not getting like a, hey, right now's your notice. She got like the notice before I left for a vacation. You gotta so, bring that up. You just had to say I that. I did. Okay. I did. I okay. just want everyone <laughs> to remember that I don't do two-parters last minute. So. Anyways, you're welcome. But have you ever heard of the Texas Killing Fields? It sounds familiar, but I can't place it. Okay. In League City, Texas, there is, it's about a 25-acre plot of land. It's just 26 miles southeast of Houston in an area that's described as, quote, a perfect place for killing somebody and getting away with it. Since the early 1970s, 33 murder victims have been found in the Killing Fields. Why are these fields still a thing? Blow them up. Landmines, something. I just kept thinking, why don't you, I don't know, maybe put something there. Yeah, a strip mall, a strip club, I don't care. I think it's in kind of an awkward position because it's right off of an interstate. Um, So it's kind of like an awkward position. I don't know if it's zoned for building something like that, but they're still there. Most of the bodies that have been found there are that of girls and young women between the ages of 20, or not 20, sorry, 12 and 25. Oh my God. Babies, yeah. And it's believed that many of these murders um, are the work of multiple serial killers. The young girls and women, they're all in the same age group. A lot of them share similar physical features. Um, But even with the similarities in crimes, features, very few of the murders have been solved even with the help of the FBI. Oh, so today we're going to talk about some of the victims, but we're going to focus on the victims who cases um, have led to convictions. So these ones are solved. There's convictions behind them. Okay. Okay. At least we have that. Yes. So we're going to start with Shelly Sykes. Shelly was 19 years old. She was very likable from what I could find. She's very popular. Um, a very sweet young woman. 19-year-old Shelly Sykes, she was last seen leaving her waitress job in Galveston, Texas on May 24th, 1986. 
Her boyfriend had been waiting to spend the night with her. It was Memorial Day weekend, kind of crazy in the area. And they were like, let's just stay in. So she gets off of work around 11 o'clock. So her boyfriend's waiting. And at about midnight, when she hadn't turned up at his house, he's getting a little worried. He's like, what's, where is she? So he calls her employer and they're like, no, she clocked out just, or she left just before 11. So the drive to his house is taking no more than 15, 20 minutes. And it's after midnight at this point. Um, this would be just one of my biggest fears yes so he's kind of thinking about it and he's worried because he's like it's a little crazy out tonight uh there's a lot of people drinking out there doing stuff and her car is not the most reliable he's like it's been known to break down so maybe she's broke down and trying to like get help get fixed so him and his dad uh start kind of driving around looking for her like heading back to her place of work when they find her empty car with a broken driver's side window um, and there was blood in the car. Oh my God. Those poor men. They think that she's been in an accident. Something's happened. She's some, she's probably in the hospital. They start calling hospitals looking for a Shelly Sykes or even a Jane Doe. Maybe she hit her head and doesn't remember anything and is lost and confused, but they turn up nothing. They, they don't know. So they call police. And police initially were like, oh, it's just a fender bender. And they're like, no, I don't, I don't think this is a fender bender. I've been in a fender bender and I did not bleed or break my, you said driver's side window? Driver's side window. Driver's side window breakage plus blood, that's scary immediately. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. Right. So they go on, do some more investigating. And it does become very clear that there is no accident here. Evidence showed that her car was found, where her car was found, she was stuck and she was actually trying to drive away. Like they could see that she was stuck, the wheels had turned, and she just couldn't get out. Was she like in the mud? Yes, she was in mud. Oh, God. Okay. The window had been smashed as if it had been hit from the outside. A shoe was left in the car, one of her shoes. There was a footprint found in the dirt near her car. And it was clear at this point that she had been abducted. Oh, my God. This poor woman was a sitting duck. Like, mm-hmm. oh. Police would open a missing persons case and start their investigation with her then-boyfriend, Mark. He passed a polygraph test. His hands were not injured, so there was no indication that he had smashed a window in, right? So they're like, I don't think it's him, but they're they're starting with... They're basically they described it as we're starting with the people closest and branching out. Like, we're just trying to find leads. We're trying to find anything. And police receive a tip that a witness had seen Shelly's car being pursued by a blue and white Ford truck. Witnesses stated that they could tell that Shelly had been trying to get away from the truck. And Shelly slid off of the road. The driver of the truck then got out and smashed out her window. She was dragged out of the car and put in the front seat of the truck. And this witness never called police after seeing the attack. Excuse me? There's that mentality of, I don't want to be involved, right? I don't want to be involved in this. I'm going to brush it under the rug. I mean, it's it's just a phone call. You can remain anonymous. Even at that, there was a second set of witnesses that saw the entire thing as well. They also did not call police until after the fact, but this witness was able to come forward and give enough detail of the man that the police could release a sketch. The police released the sketch of 
the 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 suspect at this point, but nobody recognizes him. The police kind of had concerns. It was a busy area. They it was Memorial Day weekend. They thought maybe it was someone from out of town and we're not going to be able to find him um, because he's left town since or something where he's not familiar or from the area. And I mean, they they begin their search, and Shelly's family is informed. You know, she's she's been abducted, and her family actually begins distributing. They said hundreds of thousands of missing persons flyers, uh, because they knew that there was the potential that it was from someone out of state. They claimed to have been in forty plus states distributing flyers, just trying to get the word out. They even put a billboard in Texas out, and uh, it showed a reward of twelve thousand dollars. Um, for her safe return. And police, they do receive numerous tips, even one from a nearby police station that stated they had a man that had confessed to Shelley's murder. And this man, he had a cut or scar on his hand that would have matched the injury of like hitting a, um, a oh, car window. Out the window. Unfortunately, though, the man was like, oh, I lied because this was like a, a drug bust and he was scared, blah, blah, blah. And so he was trying to like act all tough and his claim to fame. And he's eliminated as a suspect because police were able to confirm that his injury to his hand had happened the day after Shelly's car had been found. So how do you how do you know something like that? Like hospital records. Ah, uh, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were like, okay, it's not him. And he's saying that he was doing it to like kind of act tough and blah, blah, blah. And and the hospital records and all the records they could find did confirm like this happened the day after, you know. Police would investigate leads over and over again, but they just couldn't find Shelly. And the case kind of starts going cold. They don't know anything else. They couldn't find anyone that Shelly had any issues with. They couldn't find anyone that would want to hurt Shelly. Nothing. They just, they were coming up with nothing. In 1987, police received a 911 call from a motel about a man's attempted suicide. So investigators begin searching and police of the area find a suicide letter from this man. And in the letter, it took responsibility for the disappearance and murder of Shelly. This man was 30-year-old John Robert King. In the letter, he had confessed that on May 24th, 1986, he and his 33-year-old friend, Gerald Peters Worst, had attacked Shelly in her car. In his written confession, King claimed that Zwurst, or I'm sorry, no, when he was brought in um, for interrogation, in his confession, King claimed that Zwurst was the lead aggressor. Like, it wasn't King, wasn't this um, John Robert King, it was Zwurst. But they did notice that his hand had large scars on him. And he really matched the police sketch really well. Like, real well. And King basically said they were driving, they saw Shelly, and John, John King claimed to have waved at her like a friendly wave. And in return, Shelly had flipped them the bird. And according ah. to John King, that pissed off Gerald Swartz who would run her off of the road, smash her front window in, drag her out of her car, put her on the floorboard of the truck, and take off. King denied having ever hurt her in any way and that it was all Zwartz. Over-exaggeration, first of all. Second of all, 
Exaggeration or reaction? Both. I'm very much like a woman, a weird, a woman is not required to wave at you. She's not required to smile at you. She's not required to give you the time of day. And also, they look creepy. Like, just their eyes, like, I would not, I would not wave back at these. This is also the 80s. I don't, number two, which one is number two? Is that Zwarst? Um, let me pull it up. I think it is Zorst, but I have to get back to it. Cause there's, there's something to that man. Like that man's, yeah. his eyes are just like dead and scary. The other one, like, yeah. okay, maybe King. I don't know. Remember don't though, know. King is the one with the scars on his hand. Like this, hmm. this is the following year. Like this is 87. So the cuts have healed. He just has scars that do look like they could have been from glass. But he's like, no, those have nothing to do with it. No, blah, blah, blah. No, that was some other glass that I punched. I'm just... No biggie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, King, he's like, I didn't hurt her. I never touched her. It was all sorts, right? Blah, blah, blah. And police are like, all right, John King, why don't you prove your story? And they're like, wear a wire and get an omission of guilt from Zorts. Recorded. Let's let's try this sting operation, right? And they try it. And King, he basically blatantly kind of blurts out something about, remember that girl last year, blah, blah, blah. Way to play it cool, bro. Right? Zwartz is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. He's denying all of his involvement to his friend that he was supposedly with, right? And he's they're not able to get a confession. They don't get an omission of guilt, nothing like that. And police are about to call this sting operation a failure. But they had Zwartz under surveillance. So they're about to call this a, a failure. But then they notice that Zwartz is leaving his, his home with a packed suitcase. Oh, hmm. that's completely normal. Yeah, no big deal. Like, you just randomly pack up. and He was maybe going on a cruise. I was just about to say, yeah, maybe <laughs> he's going uh, to the Dominican Republic for a nice vacation. Swim with some stingrays. Uh, that wasn't Half Moon Kate, but I mean, swim with them okay, anyways. Look, I don't know your life. Yes, swim with the males. Yeah, not the females. They're like, hmm, interesting. So they do, they stop him and they take him in for interrogation. And he's denying any involvement. And they're like, okay, he's not, he's not breaking. He's really acting like he doesn't know. And police are kind of thinking at this point that John King maybe falsely accused Gerald Swartz, think like just kind of mislead police. But then the so- lead detective goes in one more time and asks him. Do you remember that girl that flipped you the bird last year during Memorial Day? Oh. And Gerald says, yeah, he does. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why would so, you remember that, bud? Right. So investigators are like, okay, so he was involved. Like, this doesn't make any sense, right? But Zwart starts coming out with his version of the truth. And he basically gives all the same details as King. But in his version... King was the lead aggressor, not him. He didn't touch her, none of that. Nada. So they're doing the classic, I was I was just along for the ride while my friend brutally assaulted this woman. And God right. knows what else. Right. Because um, that makes you innocent, sir. It makes them something. Yeah. Yeah. But detectives are like, all right, so they're both involved. We know they're both involved. We just don't know to what extent. 
They do at this point believe that it was more likely that King was the one that smashed in the window. Um, they do know that they were high and potentially drunk. They had uh, admit to that. I believe they said they were on PCP. Oh, so they were, this wasn't weed. They were high high. Yeah, they were. Oh, yeah, they were. Um, yep. It, I could be quoting that wrong. I didn't type it up in my notes, but they did say that they were on something. Detectives decide we're going to put them in the same room and see if we can get the full truth. But during this, they, I mean, they both argued. They were like, no, you did that. No, you did that. That wasn't me. Blah, 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 blah. And so they kind of get some different versions of the truth. And they did some testing and they were able to confirm that it was, in fact, King who had broken the window and not Zwartz. And they did this by actually looking at the blood type found in the car and then comparing it to the blood type of the men. And so it wasn't Zwartz's blood type. It was King's. And they're like, it's it, it can't be him. It can't be him. And were they sure it wasn't hers? I don't believe at this point she had been injured, though, because the blood would have been from hitting the window, but they would have been gotcha. able to pull that from the glass as well. Okay, gotcha. So that would and have I been direct. You can, I would assume you can know the difference by a blood type, whether it's a male or a female. I don't know. I don't I'm know either. I'm not but a geneticist. I'm not either. I just know that's how they did it for the time frame right here. And finally, they start getting more confessions from john king john he says the whole leading events they ran her off the road pulled her out of her car um they claim to have raped her and then released her initially um then they claim to have raped and they basically kind of tiptoed around ever saying they killed her they never really said came out and said yeah we killed her they made statements that led everyone to believe that they had. But ultimately, they're like, yeah, we left her and in the killing fields. And more specific, King claimed that they buried her in the ground. And after they had finished burying her, the ground continued to wiggle under the dirt. And so he continued to hit the spot where it wiggled with a shovel until it stopped. Oh, my God. So he's admitting to have buried her alive. And, and killing her. Or Basically. at least knocking her out. But regardless, he buried her alive and killed her. Yep. Yep. Please, oh. the men, like, can you take us to where you left her? Like, can you give us anything? And the men were initially going to do it, but then they lawyered up. Wuss. Mm-hmm. So they lawyer up, and that kind of ends that line of investigation there a little bit. And both men, they would be convicted of aggravated kidnapping and receive life imprisonment in 1998. Good. They were not charged with murder because they could not be charged with murder. Did they ever? Did they ever find the body? They never found her body. Oh God! I'm assuming that had a lot to do with why they couldn't be charged with murder. Um, I'm at least happy that they. They're going to die in prison, hopefully. Uh, I usually don't wish bad on people, but these aren't people. Yeah. So basically when I was, uh, I watched a documentary on this and the um, investigator that was the lead investigator on this, he explained aggravated kidnapping as kidnapping a person and failing to release them alive. 
that's I think the best I've ever heard that just explained. Right. And so I was like, this is this is basically murder, right? It's basically. Yeah, uh, that's what it sounds like to me. They're just missing the body. So I haven't found anything to indicate that her body has ever been found, even with Zwartz eventually drawing a map to where he believed that her body had been left. But let's remember that they were intoxicated um, or reportedly intoxicated. And the police did not find bones. They didn't find her body. But they did find a bloody blouse that the family believed to be Shelley's. King died from natural causes in October 2015, and Zwarst died in November 2020. I was able to confirm that Zwarst died in prison, but I forgot to validate if King had died in prison. Sorry. I'm pretty sure he did. This poor freaking family, first of all, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend's family, because this, like, this losing a loved one is already traumatic. Point blank, period. Losing it to shitheads like this and then like her poor freaking boyfriend and his dad being the ones to find the crime scene i will say this uh he talked about how he's like i loved her like we we were planning to get married but her disappearance um he went into law enforcement because of it Oh, so, I, I mean, a little bit of good came out of it. Like, yeah, he seemed like a. I, obviously, I don't know him, but on the documentary, he seemed like a good guy, blah, blah, blah. But this case would actually be featured on an episode of On the Case with Paula Zahn, season 12, episode nine. It was really good. That's where I got a lot of the information from the detectives and their version of events. But yes, that is the disappearance of Shelly Sykes. Also, I did have pictures, so I know you mentioned them, but there is one picture of Shelley Sykes, as well as one picture of both John King and Gerald Swartz. They'll be posted on Instagram. Shelley Sykes' body has not ever been found. Her family continues to look for her, and they do hold out hope to find her body so that they can lay her to rest. They did, however, buy her a headstone. That's kind of their closure, and they did hold memorial services, I believe it was 10 years after her disappearance. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so next is the murder of Crystal Jean Baker. Crystal Jean Baker was a 13-year-old girl in 1996 living in Texas City, Texas. She had blonde blonde hair, golden eyes. She was actually a distant relative to Marilyn Monroe. Um, I believe Marilyn Monroe would have been her great aunt, from what I understood. Golden eyes, that struck me when you said that. Yeah. I didn't know that was That's how it was described. She was aiming to become a cheerleader in high school. So she's just that that type of like high energy, like in a good way. Some people said she had similar aspirations to Marilyn. Like she she was very beautiful, like very um, driven. But I couldn't validate if those aspirations were to be like interest model, anything like that. Like entertainment versus yeah. showbiz, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't find any of that. But, you know, on March 5th, 1996, Crystal woke up with an ear infection okay this already sucks (laughs) right her mom sent her to her grandmother's home for the day um so her grandmother can look after her and tells her when she's off of work she'll go pick up crystal like okay when i get off i'll pick you up and she'd been at her grandma's home and she ends up getting into a fight with her grandmother and this was over the fact that crystal was wanting to go hang out with one of her friends later in the day after school 
So she's all of a sudden all better. And her grandma's like, no, you're sick. You you can't go, right? I think we've all been there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Crystal got upset and she left during the fight, presumably to go to her friend's house. Family, I mean, her mom knew about this. Her grandma called and was like, hey, she left. And they're like, she'll come home. She's probably going to her friend's house. She'll come home probably before dinner. Six hours after she disappeared, family begins to worry as Crystal hadn't. What did I just say? Six hours after she disappeared, family begins to worry as Crystal had not shown up back at home yet. They begin calling friends and family, starting to search for her. And when their attempts fail, they do report her missing to police. Not long later, a local fisherman and his wife would later stumble across the body of the missing Crystal Baker. Crystal had been beaten, raped, and strangled. Jesus Christ. Okay. I just slid that right in there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was I was waiting on it, but then you said it and I'm, it wasn't I was I still mm. wasn't ready. Like this is a baby. She is she's so young. She's 13 years old. I mean, this, uh, would, this <clears throat> nobody deserves this, but it's just shit. Right. I like what do you do? You know. Yeah. Um Police search the area, and the only evidence they find near her body is that of a blanket that the Barnes, and the Barnes are the couple that actually found her body. The Barnes had placed this over her body. They they basically said it was out of respect. Like, they they could tell something had happened that was not great. Her legs were in a position where they were like, this is not looking so great. So they didn't touch her. They just covered her. They just covered her. I I get that and I respect that. I know you're probably not supposed to, but mm-hmm. I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing. Right. Police, I mean, they're looking at this and they're like, there's no evidence that she was murdered here. So they believe that her body had been dumped there. And because of that, they're like, well, we've got to, I guess, start with our first lead. And that was that of the Barnes. That was the only evidence they could find. Okay, again, I understand, but I don't like it. It's okay. Um, Police, they searched the Barnes's truck for any evidence that Crystal had been in there. But they come up empty-handed. There's nothing. They investigated. They talked to him, brought him in for interrogations, interviews, whatever you want to call them. And they were like, the Barnes are not not involved. They, They cleared the Barnes. The next suspect they had was Crystal's ex-boyfriend, Brandon Lowe, who at the time they described him as a local teenage boy that she had dated um, prior. When they went to Brandon's home, his family, his parents were like, "Mm, he's not here. We haven't seen him in three days. And pardon? Yep. So they hadn't seen him in three days. But police would go on to find him. But they also discovered that Lowe was not a teenager at all. He was 21 years old. Oh. Yeah. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that her family didn't notice. I couldn't validate if they knew it or not. They kept referring to him as a teenager. But Lou basically goes on and he's like, there was nothing romantic between us. Like, she, there's nothing, blah, blah, blah. And he also had an alibi. He also willingly agreed to do a polygraph test. And he fly- okay. he passed with flying colors. They everything he told them, they're like, this is all truthful. Okay, so, so maybe she just had like a thirteen, you know, a crush. They kind of said she might have been more infatuated with him, yeah. or I just couldn't validate 
because they said it was an ex-boyfriend. Did they date? Like that would still be really inappropriate, but yeah, some sources said they didn't, and some sources said they did. It just depended on where you read. Yeah. Okay. So police are kind of like, well, he could still be a suspect, but we're gonna kind of move him down a little bit on the list and start looking other avenues because they don't have anything to link him. And they get a third suspect from a tip from a witness. The witness had seen a truck near the scene of the crime the day of Crystal's murder. And somehow this witness was like, oh, yeah, here's the license plate. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Or ma'am. The whole license plate? Yeah. Oh, heck. Now, this is a witness. This is one hell of a witness. Yeah. Like, I wonder what they saw to be like, like. They had to have seen something to be like, hmm, that's odd. I should remember this license plate. Uh, I believe they said that they had noticed some empty beer cans in the back of the truck. Okay. So police, they go on and they look it up and they're like, all right, truck belongs to an unemployed truck driver, Marv Roberts. So they go to Marv's home. But they're a little confused and shocked because they discover that Marv is confined to a wheelchair. Huh? Huh? Oh, okay. With this, police are a little skeptical that he would have been able to commit such a brutal crime from his wheelchair, seeing as they did have evidence from under Crystal's nails that she fought back. Okay, so who else has access to this truck? Well, no one, as far as I could find. Marv had also been intoxicated when the police went to spoke with him. And they they were led to believe that he was probably drunk and hadn't seen her body when he passed it. Marv claimed to have been out because in the area there was a, a bay or a river fishing area. Um, Marv said he had been out with his dog just looking for a good spot to fish. And when they couldn't find anything, they just went home and he didn't see her body. And police are kind of like, yeah, I kind of think he was drunk and didn't see her body. I mean, I guess that's not the most unrealistic thing because I'm pretty sure they make like handicapped accessible cars. I would imagine they had to, especially back then, or maybe some way, somehow, like he was able to drive. Like maybe he Here's- had one foot. Here's the thing. Just because someone is confined to a wheelchair does not mean they've lost full control of their lower limbs. There are a lot of different reasons people can be confined to a wheelchair. He could have just not had the muscle uh, mass to be able to stand on his own for long periods of time. It's very possible that he could stand for short periods of time and -hmm. he could control his feet and legs. But they're just like, I don't think it's Marv. They truly were like, he was so fucked up when we went to see him uh i don't think so okay dang so it seems like they're like back to square one here well the case goes cold after this oh so not even square one yeah i mean they do continue a lot of investigation and not turning up anything the dna that they had at the time came back inconclusive and all they knew is there was a four-hour window in which she could have been murdered and This, I mean, they become very concerned that there's a serial killer involved when another body shows up in the killing fields. And, I mean, they've got some concerns and they're like, uh, we don't know what to do. 
Well, Officer Sherry Wilcox would begin looking into this cold case again in about 2010. And they were able to get a DNA sample from Crystal's dress that was preserved. And yeah. they they get a DNA sample, like a good one. They're able to use it. It doesn't necessarily match anyone immediately. And they go back to Brandon Lowe. And they test his DNA. They're like, give us your DNA. We have a sample we can compare it to. This is the, it, the quote-unquote boyfriend. ex-boyfriend? It doesn't match, though. Oh. So they're like, okay, he's completely cleared, right? Yeah. Like, there's, he's completely cleared. So, detectives run the DNA through CODIS. Mm-hmm. And 16 years after her murder, DNA matches 45-year-old Kevin Edison Smith. In 2009, Smith had been arrested on drug charges in Louisiana, and that's how his DNA was in CODIS. And with all the advancements in technology and all of what we have, the different databases, they were able to make an arrest in a case against Kevin Smith. So this is like a seemingly random man? Mm-hmm. Yep. So just a crime of opportunity. Basically. Ugh. Though, during their investigation and while they're building this case against Smith, they receive information from the FBI that a man by the name of Lorenzo Sanchez also confessed to her murder. Okay. This is the most frustrating thing. Like, stop. Right? Everybody, stop confessing to murders you didn't murder. Right? Whatever. Murders you didn't commit. Stop confessing to murders you didn't commit. Yes. And only the ones you did. Yes. Say speak up when you commit a murder, and if you didn't, shut up. Speak up. Or even shut up. even better, just don't commit murders. That there, there you go. Don't commit <laughs> murders. Just don't murder. Well, because they now have this new lead, they're like, well, we have to investigate. We can't just like brush that under the rug. And they do investigate, but police could never put Sanchez in Texas City. They just they couldn't find any connection to Texas City. They couldn't find any time he was there. Nothing. And they're like, we believe this was just his his claim to fame. And they're like, we have the DNA results. We have the information. Well, they continue to push on Kevin Edison Smith. And he would finally confess to her murder. He went to trial and it took the jury 30 minutes to deliberate. He was convicted of capital murder and sentenced to life in prison. He was not given. Uh, the death penalty because police wanted to be able to speak to him about other unsolved murders in the killing fields in which he denied. So he said he never, that's the only one he was involved with. In 2016, this case was featured on an episode of Nightmare Next Door, season seven, episode six. Um, I also watched that one. And in 2019, Governor Greg Abbott signed the Crystal Jean Baker Act into law. And this act permits the collection of DNA from arrested individuals for certain felonies prior to conviction. So there's that. So he was arrested. He's, from what I could find, he's still in prison. And there is one more conviction. And that is for the murders of Laura Smither and Jessica Kane. The man that murdered them is a convicted serial killer and has more victims to name. And I'll be talking about him in the next episode, as well as the theories of the unsolved murderers. You heifer. I was looking through, looking for more pictures. I was like, there's no more pictures. It didn't even click that yeah, you're that's doing a fine. two-parter. I already said I was doing a two-parter. You already knew this weeks ago. I wasn't you're... excited. I'm no longer excited, <laughs> honestly. You were excited at the time. It's fine. Now, what about okay. you? Are you excited? 
since you already know what I'm doing. I already know what you're doing. I'm excited. I was able, I feel, to sneak a little, a couple of surprises in there. Um, sorry. <clears throat> I was. Oh, wait, before I forget, though, uh, there are also pictures that we'll post on Instagram of, I did pictures. God, what did I do pictures of? Why the fuck don't I remember this? Oh, there's a picture of Crystal and then also a picture of Kevin, a picture of Shelly, and then King and Zwurst had to share a picture, and I don't feel bad. Gross. I would have made Kevin share a picture, too, except for they were different crimes. So, anyways, those will be posted on all the things. Anyways, now I'm excited for yours. Go. So, Bryce already knows, uh, because she's nosy. Um, that... uh, no, 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 <laughs> because I made a request. And her request was what I was already doing. So I all caps yelled at her. Does it tis? I don't think you did actually. I thought I did. No, I all caps yelled at you for the Krampus. I thought I all caps yelled at you. I'm already doing it. Do I need to look? Hold on. Oh, I did not. I did I not all say, text yell at you. you. Did. Yeah, I all text yelled at you. Well, I didn't yell at you. I'm just nicer than you. That's all. I never claimed to be nice. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I'm doing Santa Claus because obviously this. I think this comes out on Christmas. It does, and yeah. you know what? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Let's go with a they because it's not always he. Spoiler alert: They know when you're sleeping. <laughs> they know when you're awake. They know when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Hey, I think. Isn't that hey? I think so. <laughs> for me, it's hey. So I'm going to start with good old fashioned Santa Claus. On a donkey. Uh, no, not yet. I didn't, oh. put, I didn't put in our Santa Claus, like the US, or I should say the most popular Santa Claus, because I think pretty much everybody knows who Santa Claus is. Mm -hmm. But do you know who he was? St. Nicholas. Yes, he I was. I don't know a lot of the history and lore behind St. Nicholas. Oh, I got some for you. So, he, Santa Claus, or St. Nicholas, uh, originated in the 3rd century, so way back when. Mm -hmm. St. Nicholas was a devout Christian and a bishop of shit. I have to... Bishop of shit? <laughs> wow. Wow. What? What? Hold on. I forgot to look up how to say this word. One hell of a bishop. Like, that seems like a shitty job. Okay. So, according to Google, he was a devout Christian and a bishop of Myra. And he's the patron saint of children, amongst other things. And most importantly, he was a Christian monk. Not much is known about St. Nicholas, I assume, because this was so, so long ago. He's thought to have been born around 220 AD in what is now Turkey. We don't know for sure when he died, but for over a thousand years, Catholic and Eastern Orthodox churches considered December 6th in the year 343 as the day he died. And this guy was... Wait. Yes? I'm drawing a connection. Okay. December 5th is Krampus night. December 6th is the St. Nicholas Day. Maybe, maybe Krampus and him are like the same being. 
and Krampus changed his mind and decided to be good. I feel like I doubt that. No, I'm He's saying, like, like, he died and his death brought Krampus so that oh. his image could remain clean, but he could still go punish the naughty children. I thought you meant it was just, like, the same person, and on the 5th, he whipped kids with sticks, and then on the 6th, he's like, oh, it is so okay, here's some chocolate about it. Basically, but no one knows it's the same person. In- well, I don't think St. Nicholas would have done that. Santa, maybe. St. Nicholas, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, sorry, go on. Uh, St. Nicholas was not just a home invader, leaving coal and stockings and presents under trees. He was known for being kind and charitable. People say that he, that, pardon me? You're excused. <laughs> People say that when his parents died, he was still a young man. And he gave away all of the wealth that he inherited and traveled the countryside helping the sick and poor. He was said to have saved a crew of sailors by stopping a violent storm. He donated money to a father who was going to have to sell his daughters into slavery or prostitution so he would have a dowry and they could get married. And he even bought three boys back to life that had been dismembered by a butcher. Really wanted to find more on that story. Could not. Hey. Today, St. Nicholas is considered the patron saint of sailors, children, wolves, and pawnbrokers. So he sounds like a party. Wait, where did wolves and pawnbrokers come from? Not real sure. I'm not Catholic. Uh, but if you're Catholic, let us know. Email us. Podcast yeah. at gmail.com. By the Middle Ages, the story of St. Nick had made its way throughout Europe. And once the stories made it to Northern Europe... The stories of the monk, St. Nicholas, had been mixed with Teutonic, I think, tales of elves and sky chariots. There's a lot of words in here that I was supposed to Google, and I'm sorry. Okay. I Googled some of them. One of so, them on the recording. Yeah, I'm not going to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Teutons were a group of Northern European people that... Also included Germans, Anglo-Saxons, Scandinavians, and Goths. In the Netherlands, Goths. Yeah. Okay. Not like trip pants and fishnet, but the the people. Okay. In the Netherlands, he was referred to as Sinterklaas. It was short, or short for Sinterklaas is Saint Nicholas or Saint Nicholas. And this is where we get the name Santa Claus from Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas would, arri- would arrive by boat on December 6th and leave either coal lumps or small gifts for kids. I will have to add this photo later because he is fun looking. Um, he's depicted as an elderly, serious man with white hair and a full beard. So still, you know, there's, there's a little Santa Claus sounding in there. Um... However, unlike Santa Claus, he wears a long red cape over a traditional white bishop's tunic and a stole, also often red in color. He has a red mitre, I think is how it's pronounced. And it's the little, the pointed bishop's hat and a ruby ring. So he's, he's styling. He's looking good. He he knows how to accessorize. He knows how to dress to make a statement. 
Oh, he definitely makes a statement. He also holds a gold-colored crossier, which is a bishop's staff with a fancy curled top. It also has been described, or I saw it described as like a shepherd's staff. And he carries a big red book that tells him whether kids were naughty or nice that year. Now, he <clears throat> traditionally rides a gray horse. Sometimes they're seen as white. And it's believed that Sinterklaas was brought to the Western Hemisphere by Dutch settlers, specifically around New York. Uh, I remember reading that in 1773 and 1774, both years, they had an article in the paper that told about this big Center Claus Fest or this big celebration, a big feast that the Dutch population would throw every year. So it kind of started spreading throughout New York and it caught the ear of Washington Irvin. I don't know if you've heard him, the man that wrote a little old, you know, story called Rip Van Winkle and the legend of Sleepy Hollow. He, in 1809, he wrote a satire called History of New York. And in it, he described St. Nick as a portly Dutchman who flew the skies in a wagon, dropping gifts down chimneys. I like the word portly. It feels nice. Yeah, I guess. In 1822, Clement Clark Moore wrote the poem, An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas. And later, this was known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. And everybody knows how this goes, right? He's got a sleigh pulled by eight tiny reindeer. He's dressed in fur, snow white beard, round belly, bowl full of jelly. Sounds like the Santa Claus we know today. During the Civil War, a cartoonist named Thomas Nast published the first pictures of the holly jolly overweight Santa Claus that we know now. And he did this allegedly after being inspired by Moore's poem. Nast was also the first person to suggest that St. Nick lived in the North Pole and not Turkey. So this is how we have Santa Claus. This is where he comes from. I also wanted to talk about other countries' uh, versions of Father Christmas. So there's a Christkind. And traditionally, German and Swiss children believed in Christkind or Christ child. Christkind gained popularity in the 16th and 17th century, and he's a sprite-like child, usually blonde, and he has angel wings. He was said to be originally intended to be a reference to Jesus, and he's often depicted as an angel-like being that helps St. Nicholas deliver gifts. In Sweden, from what I read, they have two different forms of Father Christmas. And after researching this, I am going to spend Christmas in Sweden one year. Okay, it's happening. James, did you hear that? It's happening. So they also believe in the holly jolly St. Nicholas that we are in we in the US are so fond of, but they also have a different figure. Yule Tomten, or Tomten for short, is also a heavy set man with a long white beard and red clothes. However, Tomten is a mixture of Santa Claus and two other beings. The first, Yulebakken, is the sweetest Swedish Christmas goat or the Yule goat. It's a pagan tradition and it's believed to have honored the God that was represented by a white goat. Yulebakken are now popular as ornaments. They're on like every Christmas tree. They're made 
most often was straw. And there's also a tradition in central Sweden of erecting a gavelbakken or gavelgo that's made of wood and straw and then bound with a red ribbon. The first one was made in 1966 and it was 43 feet tall. You've and got to be making up these words. I'm not making up these words, although I may be mispronouncing them. We'll the first one was made in 1966. It was 43 feet tall and 23 feet long. So that's that's a big straw goat. The third and final being that comprises Tompton, and I wrote here, pause for dramatic effect. Pregard okay. Stompte or garden gnomes. I love gnomes. I've got like 30 garden gnomes. I love them. I don't care what anyone says. Well, next year I might have to get you a Yule Tompton for your yard. Do it. I'll take it as a birthday present. Now, are you ready to hear about a little about Yule Tompton? I'm ready. During the year, he hides under staircases, in the attic, or in dark corners of the house. Why? But, huh? Why? He is, he is Christmas Eve. He's all about Christmas Eve. And during Christmas Eve, or on Christmas Eve, he'll hide small gifts around the house in weird places. So it's, it feels kind of like the Easter Bunny. Okay. And they can be, these presents can be good or bad, depending on his mood. So... Over the years, people have taken to leaving him gifts like porridge and milk or liquor and tobacco. Opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum here. And they do this in an attempt to avoid his punishment or his tricks and try to make him happy. So he'll leave gifts instead. And I just had to throw this in there because this is probably my favorite. According to one source I read... Tompton visits Swedish homes on 3 p.m. Christmas Eve, specifically while the family is partaking in a modern Swedish Christmas tradition of watching Donald Duck. Oh. Sweden, please tell me if this is real, because this is great. I want this tradition. I really want that to be real. Because, I mean, it's Donald Duck. Who doesn't love Donald Duck? The next Father Christmas we're going to talk about, the next St. Nick, is... Paye Noel. I'm so sorry. I looked these up. I really did. Paye I don't know Noel. If I believe you. So we're going to go to Paye Noel. And according to tradition, children in France would fill their shoes with carrots or apples and leave them by the fireplace before going to sleep on Christmas Eve. The carrots are gifts for ghee, which is, by the way, French for mistletoe, if I'm saying it correctly. Ghee is a flying donkey that Paye Noel, or Father Christmas, would ride from rooftop to rooftop before the pair, the pair would slide down chimneys together. Ghee would munch on the produce while Paye Noel replaced it with money, small gifts, or candy for the children to find in the morning. Ghee has since retired and made way for reindeer to carry Paye Noel around to deliver his gifts. Last, but certainly not least, we're going to Italy. This is not the witch on the broom. Oh, this is the witch on the broom. In Italy, kids give gifts not only on Christmas, but also on January 6th in celebration of the Epiphany. The Epiphany is a feast celebrating the revelation of God incarnate as Jesus Christ. And according to legend, while on their way to Bethlehem, 
The three wise men asked a cranky old lady for directions, but she refused to help them. She was like, find that baby yourself. I've got things to do. I've got shit to deliver and you want me to show you where a baby yes. is. I have no. potions to boil and for like men to turn into frogs. Go, go on. Move on with your life. Take your murder somewhere else, please. I have children to boil. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they left and then she felt bad. Oh, so <gasps> she decided to visit baby Jesus herself and bring some sweets that she had been baking. Not the kids, but like, I don't know, candy or pastry i don't know what do old women bake sweets so what do the old lady, women in the olden days bake pa- pa- pasties not pasties <laughs> not pasties pasties okay the lady la Bifania, she found she never found the child so she still visits children today looking for this child she travels the skies on her broom going from house to house looking for the baby she flies down chimneys and peers through windows, leaving gifts for good children and lumps of coal for the bad ones. I love her. This is my version of Santa. She is my favorite. And I'm absolutely posting this photo because it's literally the silhouette of a witch riding a broom. But she has a sack, like a Santa sack on her back with a candy cane sticking out. Listen, I don't care what anyone says. When I have kids, this is my version of Santa. I Done. wish I would have known this before. I put all the Santa Claus ornaments on the tree. Oh, wait, that might be a fun thing. I might start like incorporating different next year. I want a. I want a cryptid tree next year. Ooh, that's a good idea. But those are the. Those are the Santa Clauses that I have. I wanted to keep going, but oh my God, there's so many. I love it. I picked a couple of the gnomes too. I'm going to add a, uh, I like the last one. How do you say it again? Love. I'm sorry. I already closed out my notes. La Bafania, I think. La Bafania. Listen, dad, when you listen to this, I know you asked the other day when we have kids, we need to get on the same page with Santa Claus. This is the page. This, this is what we're celebrating in my household. So I'm really feeling this Yule Bakken. Which one is the Yule Bakken again? The Yule Goat. The Goat. Okay, that's what I had Mm -hmm. to remember. Why? So refresh my memory. Why is there an extra head in his arm? What? Whose arm? You didn't see that. The picture you posted, there's a second face. Like he's stealing a child. Oh. Can't say uh, the website was in French. Oh. And Google Translate only does so much. If you've ever tried to translate a page using like the, you know, go to settings, translate this page. I really feel like it's not always accurate. It can't be. No. Okay. So what I'm hearing or seeing or interpreting is that there's a little more to this guy because he's looking at his face. He looks a little more nefarious and has a child just away under his arm like he just took a bad child i mean for me, it looks trophy. like he's in the basket he's not in the basket yeah he's he's, he's under not his arm. he's yeah a thousand percent that is just a child in his arm yeah i didn't see that not a baby either this is a a child a young child yeah i can't help you there okay 
Well, I can't help the child either. <laughs> I was going to say, no one can help us. So we're we're just going to go <laughs> la- back to La Bifania. I did have to add the Yule Thompson, strictly because he's a gnome. Oh, well, of course. Who would I he's- be otherwise? I'm going to incorporate the La Bifania and the Yule Thompson. Was it Thompson? Yes, Yule Thompson. J-U-L, though. And if I'm okay. saying these wrong, y'all, I'm so sorry. Because I really do love them. American. Yeah. And okay, I'm sorry so, about that, too. <laughs> next year, Christmas decorations. Witches on brooms. Uh-huh. And gnomes. Yes. Specifically, Yule Thompson. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm also going to incorporate other Christmas cryptids. But, like, it could be, like, Sasquatch with a Santa hat or something. That is literally exactly what came to my mind. I was going to be like Sasquatch with a Santa hat. No, correction. Sasquatch. <laughs> Sasquatch. Gotcha. Yeah, the sass. Um, this, by the way, is Gavelbakken. I just sent a photo to Discord. Uh, so when I say a large goat, it's a big Yule goat. I, that looks bigger than that building. It's and that building huge. is at least four stories. They also said that they are very prone to arsonists. And while they, it's like heavily fined and jail time for lighting them on fire. uh, Multiple websites that I read about this said that it's basically a race to see the Gavelbakken because it gets lit on fire a lot. I mean, it's wood and straw. That looks like it's pretty heavily guarded. Yeah, I don't know how you would light that on fire. And I don't know why either. Look at how majestic that thing is. That thing That's is wonderful. Cool. But also, it probably looked pretty cool on fire. That's exactly what an arsonist <laughs> would say. Just think about this giant flaming goat. How dare you burn the y- the Gavelbakken? Just okay. How about instead of burning the actual Gavelbakken, you do a second one that's a little bit smaller so that people can light it on fire? You know. Well, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Look, I'm not saying to burn it. I'm just saying it'd probably look really cool. <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about this. You're starting to sound real arsony right now. Here is a smaller uh the Yule ba- Yule I'm I promise I'm not gonna set anything on fire. I am not the person that's willing to go to jail for a fire. You can get one of these. Get, also, I'll get my own. Re, like I said, really want to spend Christmas in Scandinavia. That yes. is on my bucket list. Next year. And I want to see the Gavelbakken. Next year. Yes. <laughs> I'll start saving yesterday and maybe oh. I'll, I, we can do it. Maybe we just plan for, I don't know, 2027. Gotcha. Okay. Gives us plenty of time to save our pennies. Yes. All right. All right. This has been a fun episode. I like it. It's very Christmassy, hasn't it? It well, it is coming out on Christmas. I guess you guys might have been upset that we're not doing it before Christmas, but we don't give a shit. Yeah, get over it. It's coming out on Christmas. And tis the season. And hello, it's fine. We just didn't think about all the other things until right before we needed to, you know, have yeah. them ready. So you're welcome. That's all I've got to say. Tis the season to not light goats on fire. Gobble boxes, but also goats. Don't light goats on fire. 
if you win the race to lighting the Gobblebocket on fire, please send us a picture. Um, <laughs> correct. Okay, please wait. send me the picture. No, 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 no. Fair. Like, if it's already happening, I would like mm-hmm. to see a photograph. Don't do it. But please, if you share win the it. race, if you win the race, please let us know. We're not going to rat you out. First of all, how are we going to tell anyone? We're stupid Americans. It's fine. I don't know Dutch. Exactly. We just want to see the pictures. I mean, you heard me trying to say it earlier. It's not great. It's not. It's not graceful. No. But are we? Wait, how rude? (laughs) (laughs) I did my best. I didn't say you. uh, You didn't do a decent job. I just said it wasn't graceful. Jeez. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening to Helen Hills Podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Helen Hills Podcast, Twitter at Helen Hills Pod, or Facebook by searching Helen Hills Podcast. You can also find us on Linktree by typing in Helen Hills Podcast as well. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon. We're working to release specials for everyone. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell or uh, force your friends to listen with you. This has been Hell on Heels Podcast. Bye! Bye!